Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's a mock draft Monday. Excited to be doing it as we do every Monday. I'm reminding myself right now by saying this, but I have a mock draft that will drop on Thursday. Uh, I'm assuming I get it done in time. Really nothing else to do around these parts lately. However, uh, if you are trapped in your house or, or uh, you know, socially distancing, being an, a, an appropriate adult or a human or non-adult, whatever it is, and uh, staying inside, reminder that you can listen to this podcast on your smart speakers. Just say, hey, Alexa, play the Pick 6 podcast, or hey, Google, play the Pick 6 podcast. I think you have to add podcast as part of that, uh, but you can start and stop listening throughout your work-from-home day. So check us out on your smart speaker. Pretty freaking awesome. Uh, also awesome. Uh, potentially happening right now as you're listening, or maybe, uh, already happened, or maybe it's, you know, about to happen. A CBS Sports HQ mock draft, mocktacular noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on Monday. We have like 60 people involved in this. Uh, myself, Ryan Wilson, um, uh, Pete Prisco will be doing it. Somebody's going to do grades. Jonathan Jones, John Breach, while we making picks, I caused some havoc at the top of the draft, didn't I, Ryan Wilson? Yeah, I'm breaking don't spoil, news. Here. Don't spoil. You gonna spoil it? No. The breaking news is I'm doing the grade, so I look very forward to. to oh work. no. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan will be grading all the picks. Josh Edwards joining us Actually, here. Quick, sorry to interrupt you introducing Josh, but someone I won't say who texted me offline after we did our group tech uh, group draft on on Friday morning and said, um, "Why is Will the way he is?" <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Of all the people on the call, it would have to be. It wasn't Brady because he wasn't on the call. Um, who, who was it? Honestly, it could have been any number of people. Sure. Given the way things unfolded. But anyway, you were introducing Josh. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty well. So when you actually did the the promo for, for Alexa, mine actually kicked on and started talking. I don't know if that actually came through in the audio, but that was pretty freaky. It took me a second to figure out what was happening. Did it, did it start playing the podcast? I couldn't hear what it was actually saying. I could just hear that Alexa voice coming back at me with something. So it's entirely possible. I don't know. There's so much wind going on right now, too. It's kind of like this uh, little wind tunnel thing that's going on. I get this crosswind going. In your house? No, it's – it's so I'm in the Midwest. The wind is crazy right now. It is like whipping Do you have your windows insanely open hard outside, outside, just outside the window. 
that's kind of that would always be scary. Like to me, I would I would get freaked out. Uh, we we talked very briefly before about uh, Tiger King, um, and not you know no spoilers here. I'm only through two episodes. Josh through four. Ryan uh, doesn't watch his kids at all, so he's through. He's finished the entire series. Um, the uh, there is a scene there where Joe Exotic rides out in a four wheeler and is like staring down this gigantic freaking tornado, and you're like, what are you doing? Why are you out in the I can see that tornado. I know it's wind. I know how fast it's moving. Why are you staring at the tornado, pink cowboy man? Got nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's funny that you say that because that's probably one of the least memorable things that he does. That's how much crazy stuff that he does in this. It only gets – I know you've only been through two episodes. I'm not going to spoil it. It only gets more crazy. Yeah, uh, I just my wife and I are watching it together. We need you got to have shows during this time. Um, you guys uh, holding up okay uh, in terms of um, quarantining and uh, and being inside? Yeah, did a couple science experiments today. My father-in-law ordered us some science experiments. I, I saw that. Could you? Um, what was the uh, thing that you ordered? I saw that on Instagram. What are you on? You, somehow Ryan was like Ryan Wilson double o underscore double o seven on Twitter, and he somehow has Ryan Wilson on Instagram. Like, how did that even happen? How did you get? There's got to be a billion Ryan Wilsons in the world, and you somehow got Ryan Wilson for Instagram. That's really impressive. Yeah, I get DMs every once in a while or whatever messages asking me if I want to give away Ryan Wilson on Instagram because I'm a I, look. I knew Twitter wasn't going to ever be anything, so I didn't hustle to that. But apparently, I hustled to Instagram. I don't even know when Instagram started. Wait, wait, wait. Who has asked you? Who's asked you? Like other just random Ryan, other Ryan Wilsons, like famous Ryan Wilsons, or like other dudes named Ryan Wilson. Yeah, just other randos, random Ryan. Do you try? Are you like, hey man, like sure, like for you know thousand dollars? No, I, I don't. As you might be surprised to learn, I didn't respond. Responded to that. But there's I, a uh, an American wrestler named Ryan Wilson, an ice hockey player, a yep. American hurdler, a Scottish rugby union player. I have been tagged on several Scottish rugby tweets. So yeah, I do know about him as well. Uh, all right, that's uh, how are you in there, Josh. Oh wait, wait, but hold on, sir. Before Ryan, give me the name of the science thing that your father-in-law ordered. Go look it up. I'd have the box upstairs, but I, I had not heard of it before. But um, my father-in-law wanted to see the kids put some stuff together and try to blow themselves up. So I'll find out what it is and let you know. Oh, that's very helpful. Thank you, Josh. How are you hanging in there? Pretty well. Um, as I told you guys, probably in the last couple of months, we moved into this new house, which is, you know, no surprise by the lack of uh, wall hangings behind me. But at the same time, I've actually been afforded the opportunity to put some grass seed down this week. Oh. It's been like a really weird, you know, like occurrence where I was actually able to be productive uh, when we're going through a global pandemic. So, wait, I have a question for Josh. Josh, your wife is a nurse, correct? She's a cardiac sonographer. So how's her situation? Uh, like I told you guys before we started this, Ohio, Kentucky has not been hit really hard with all of this to this point. Um, so it really has not impacted her much to this point, but what a lot of these patients are going through is like cardiac failure. Mm. Um, So the thought is it may eventually get to that point, but it hasn't affected her to this point. So we're, we're kind of grateful for that. Um, that is, that is. Awesome. It's good to hear. Ryan, your uh, oldest son in that picture, you didn't get the box today, but your oldest son looks quite huh. annoyed, quite annoyed as he's having to like interact with his younger brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he wanted to be in charge. You know, and he's, he's 13 now. The other the youngest, my youngest son's eight. Youngest son's super pumped to be doing things. 13 year old's like, look, man, I just want to go outside and hang out with my friends. 
Can't do it. Yep, can't do it. Uh, all right, let's get to some football talk. This is a football podcast. Uh, but look, you know, this is a daily NFL, it's a daily NFL podcast, but that means we have a lot of episodes and sometimes our personal lives will bleed into the content or some people hate it. Some people don't hate it quite as much. Yeah. I, occasionally a little football talk will, will we, worm its way into this, uh, this show about my life, uh, and me complaining about my family. Let's get to Josh, by the way. What are you thinking? Who's who signs up for a seven round mock draft? You did a seven round mock draft. Literally made every single pick. How uh be honest with us here. I need to know a number. How many prospects were you like, I don't really know who that guy is, but I'm gonna give him to some team? Honestly, there were not really any prospects that I didn't know at this point. I've got a pretty good handle on it at this point, but that is the correct it, answer. it gets very tedious when you start getting into the sixth and the seventh rounds and you're like, man, I already gave this team two wide receivers. Let's give them a third, um, which was an issue for the Giants in this particular case. But when you're taking two wide receivers on day three, you're just kind of hoping one of those guys pans out. So uh, that's my reasoning for those picks. All right. That's fine with that. Um, Ryan, have you had to do a seven round mock for this year yet? Uh, today is Monday. My latest three round mock just came out with trades. My seven rounder comes out next Monday. So I will be following in Josh's footsteps. And I even doing the three rounder, you get to the point where like this team has 400 draft picks. What, and they've filled every need in free agency. What in God's name are we going to do with all these extra draft picks? So I may just start trading them, packaging up and trading them until next year, Josh, because I don't know what. I mean, how many, like, like to your point, how many wide receivers does one team need? Wow. In, in your seven round mock, Josh, I find this interesting not to, you know, just veer into Tua talk, Tua tongue of Iloa though. You want to talk about him? Uh, yeah, I got it down now. You got to fall into six, the third quarterback taken to the Chargers after Miami took Justin Herbert at five. Are you, is this, um, is this like a thought exercise thing you're doing? Cause I like to do thought exercises with my mock, with my mock drafts because I just find, Regular old wrote mock drafts would be boring as hell. Um, is this a thought exercise to see how things would play out, or do you really believe that there's a chance Herbert could go ahead of Tua in this draft? I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely. Um, I enjoy doing those thought-provoking kind of scenarios as well, which you know I've done quite a bit to this point. You kind of have to do it to stay sane. But hmm. um, I did not do any trades in this seven-round mock because I'm not trying to be a hero. Seven <laughs> rounds is daunting enough, you know, so – um, I did zero trades, and for me, you kind of start struggling. Like, who's going to take a quarterback once you get past the Chargers? Where does this fourth quarterback fall? So, for me, I just needed to get three quarterbacks off the board there in the top ten and then figure out where everybody else was going to fall after that. Ryan, your thoughts on Tua's status these days? I know that you, and to your credit, you've been sort of, Hitting that drum lightly, that you, the buzz you hear is that the medicals might not be as good as the rosy picture being painted out there. And you've been saying that for a while now. Do you, any any update from your uh, sources? No. In fact, I forgot that I had said that, but I do remember the conversation. Yeah. So that was the the conversation coming out of the Super Bowl that there were some concerns about his medicals, but we don't we don't know. No one's seen anything. And since the Super Bowl, where he spoke for half an hour on the CBS Sports HQ set with. Prisco and BMAC and, and Chris Hassel, um, we saw him at the Combine. He seemed very upbeat and didn't have a limp when he walked in. We saw the video he released on the Insta with uh, Trent Dilfer as the quarterback's coach. He ran through those little drills. We saw like six or seven seconds of that. I don't know what like I don't know what to make of that if you're an NFL team. 
I suppose you can get an independent uh, physical and okay, but I, I feel like it's going to be all systems go. I feel like he's going to be one of the first quarterbacks taken. Josh obviously has him going uh, third, but if he told me he went second and the, the Dolphins traded up for him, at this point I would have no choice but to believe you. They tried to bring him in before the NFL shut, shuttered its doors. They got Jordan Love in. They did not get a chance to bring in Tua. So clearly they're interested. I don't know if that's a smoke screen, but I, I would suspect it's not since they're not a good football team that needs a quarterback. Yeah, and you actually had them, Ryan. Uh, we're going to talk about some tra- teams that can trade up or down. You had the Dolphins trading up to number three, I assume, to take Jerry Judy. Yep. They took, uh, no, they took Willie Judy, Jerry's brother, <laughs> because they turned in the wrong card. Yeah, so they trade up to three to get Tua. They give up, uh, pick number five and their first second round pick, pick number 39. That's actually pretty rich for going up from two spots. Dolphins obviously go back to five, get 39, but the, the Dolphins, I mean, excuse me, the, the Lions, and the Lions also send like a fourth round pick just to, to make the numbers work out a little better in case, you know, if you look at the draft value chart, it's not exactly a, a, a tit for tat trade. So this, that fourth round or that 109 pick levels it out a little bit. But, um, even if they didn't. Why, why were you unwilling then to trade with me? As the GM of the Washington Redskins on our mock draft conference call, why why did you decline to to give me a reasonable bounty for the number two overall pick? All I wanted was five and eighteen, and you said no in front of everybody. You embarrassed me publicly, humiliated me. You let's be honest, you embarrass yourself. I'll put this to Josh, and he can he can be the arbiter. So, um, if you're the 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 Dolphins there at number five, do you want to trade up to two? Where in my mind the the uh, Redskins don't have as much leverage. Let's be honest. They ain't taking a quarterback. Yeah. Well, uh, I, they, they, Dan Snyder might. So 5-18 and 18 to move up to well, 2. No, but in all seriousness, like, like if Ron Rivera is really in charge of this thing and he doesn't like Dwayne Haskins, I mean, and 2 is there. And 2 is – let's say 2 is – we don't even know how healthy he is. And you're still going to win three football games next year. That's the problem. But like, but like if, 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 if you're Ron Rivera and you don't believe in Dwayne Haskins – I don't think they're going to take him, but like, here's the argument is that if you don't believe in Dwayne Haskins or you're unsure about Dwayne Haskins, then you, and like, and you believe that Tua is a legitimate prospect, you have to make that move. Now, I think there's smoke screening and I think that Dan Snyder would probably put the kibosh on it, but I mean, Josh, don't you think that like, like it's a different, it's like, don't you think that like, uh, the Josh, the, the Josh Allen situation and Kyler Murray with the Cardinals has sort of opened teams up to the idea that you can just dive right back into the quarterback pool? Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen. Did I say Josh Allen? Josh Rosen. I do that all the time. I was asking Josh a question about a player named Josh, and it really confused my brain. It's understandable. It's totally understandable. But is it? Does Washington need? I mean, Washington's got Kyle Allen now too. I mean, do they need a quarterback now? I mean, you know. So, um, no, I would not. No, that was that was a Kyle Allen joke. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It was so. Ryan, was, Ryan asked was, earlier was, if I would take number five and number 18 in exchange for number two. And honestly, I would need more if I'm going to trade down out of that position and possibly give up Chase Allen or Chase Young. See, now you're messing with me Everyone's to, out. Uh, to go with, to go with Josh Allen. So for me, I would need more to trade down from number two, but at the same time, I think we're kind of getting through the phase where we actually believe that Washington might take a quarterback. That was one of the exercises I did early in the process where I gave them to Otonga Bailoa, but honestly, as time has passed, I don't think that's likely at all. I think it's more likely they just stay put and take Chase Young. Well, Here, I'll say this quickly. If Tua was 100% healthy, I would take him over Kyler Murray like a year ago if I'm Steve Kime. And in that case, 
then maybe I'm thinking about it. If nothing else, it gives you more leverage as Ron Rivera. But good lord, the, the amount of needs is, this team has way more needs than the Cardinals did a year ago, I feel like. Let me ask you this. What if you draft Tua and then offer to trade him? Why? Why? Just take Chase Young. You're still not getting Chase Young if you draft Tua. But if I you think get more leverage at that point, though. Yeah, you'd be like, hey, listen, we weren't bluffing. We have Tua. He is ours. If you want him, Dolphins, it's going to cost you four picks, four first-round picks. Well, you'll have to tune into Mock Draft Monday to see how that unfolds. Look, those, let's, those, all right, let's quit beating around the bush. It's, this is the Monday podcast. People are like, I don't want, this is a spoiler. Fast forward 15 seconds if you don't want to find out who I took with number two in the Mock Draft special. Cause I took Tua. I took Tua and it was a spite play and I'm going to have to justify it on a freaking TV show on Monday because, or today, because I was like, all right, this is obvious. I'm at two. You know, let's figure out how to do a trade. I said, Hey, would anybody like to trade? And I gave him 24 hours notice and we get on a conference call. I was like, Wilson, tell me what you will give me to move from number two to number five. And Ryan goes, no, no, I said, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Dumb, dumb. Cause you don't have any leverage. And then and I, I said, I will take Tua if you don't trade with me. And you're like, no, you won't. I was like, yeah, watch me. I'm a lunatic. I did not say no, you won't. I probably said something like go ahead. And, and that was your cue to go ahead. Because BMAC has the number three pick with the Detroit Lions, and I had the, the Dolphins picks, and I was about to do a deal with, with BMAC. And then, um, as you might expect, spiteful Brenton. By the <laughs> way, I'm watching, I'm watching the final season of, of Curb finally. So you're basically the spite store. Yes, yes, I'm Latte Larry's. You're Latte Larry. <laughs> this Curb season has been unbelievable, by the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's what, been fun. Uh, yeah, he's like, he's like dating, um, uh, uh, uh girl's sister, but uh, she's the girl from Always Sunny, uh, Sweet D. Uh, what um, what what's your just look? Let's just get it out there. What's your grade going to be? Go ahead and spoil it. It's fine. It rhymes with failure. That's not a. Is there a letter that rhymes with failure? The first letter F. <laughs> That's not really a rhyme. That's not how rhymes work. But I, I get you. Are you really going to give me an F for the two of it? Josh, what would you give someone who took two and number two overall out of spite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spite wouldn't be the strongest reasoning I would use to take a quarterback at number two overall. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer that you got to get the quarterback position right. So if you don't have it right, if they don't believe Dwayne Haskins is the answer, then you have to consider Tua. I, you know, if Tua is healthy, I think he's the better option at quarterback. But at the same time, I just don't think it's it's likely for Washington at this point. But one question, because I did watch last week's live mock draft special guys did a fantastic job, but one question I had for Will, how surprised were you to get Pete's only A, a in the entire draft? Did you see my face? I was surprised it hadn't become a meme yet. I was shocked. What, was that? what pick was that? Uh, Henry Ruggs, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. To the Broncos. I was, I, he was, I was, he started firing up. I was like, oh my God, he's going to give me another F? This is ridiculous. Uh, then he gave me an A, it was an A plus, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, this also led to me getting absolutely blowtorched by uh Dan Katz, uh Barstool Big Cat on pardon my take over my background here. Um if you didn't hear it, go listen to like is it Friday show Diva? Friday show where you guys played it for the mailbag. They played the clip and I mean Dan I mean just rips me to shreds. Like the if 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 this if the setup behind me, and you guys can see it, and people can see it on video all the time. Like, if if my setup was something I put together, like right when quarantine started, it'd be fine. But like, it's been this way for three years, so that's sort of that's sort of depressing. And unfortunately, I have to do spite shelves now, shame shelves, shame shelves now. Uh, but I have to wait one or two weeks before I put these shelves in, just out of pure, you know, because I don't want to be humiliated. 
The other trade that I thought was really interesting, and this actually matches up, I believe, with one from our mock draft. Again, I don't want to spoil everything. Watch it, 12 to 3, uh, noon to 3 Eastern, CBS Sports HQ, on your CBS Sports app and your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire Sticks, uh, Apple TV, wherever you get your, your CBS Sports content. It's free to watch, 24-7 streaming sports network. And we also have a show, by the way. Uh, eight to, we'll tell you about that later, though. Um, you have the Bucks swapping with the Panthers at number 7, Ryan. Was that born out of... Uh, in your latest mock, was that born out of the mock draft special? Did get a little inspiration out of the mock draft special. Uh, here's what, um, actually the, the terms are the same that, um, took place in the mock draft special. And because if you look at the draft value chart, it sort of, sort of syncs up. So the Bucks go from 14 to 7 because, um, look, man, you gotta protect Tom Brady. If you hang around at 14, there's no guarantee those top four offensive linemen are gonna be there. Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills, uh, who's the other one? Uh, Mackay Becton. Hi, Becton. Thank you. Yeah. So the, all those guys could be gone if you're at 14 and you could take a defensive tackle if you want there. Uh, um, if you're the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or you can just trade up, sort it out. Now, look, they have other needs and they just did resign, uh, Indomitian Sue. So maybe that's the reason that they're not so much concerned about it. One year deal. So if you give up a second round pick, uh, in addition to the 14th pick to get to number seven and you get that offensive tackle, I had him taking Tristan Wirfs, who I'd like a lot. There's no second round pick to get a defensive tackle. There's no second round pick to get a, a slot receiver if that's what you want to do for Tom Brady to, to, um, to fill out the, the wide receiver core along with, with, uh, Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans. But that can also be okay. You can circle back in round three and fill those needs and, and, and in day three as well with the wide receivers. So that's the math you're doing. But I think the most important thing to do is to protect Tommy. And, um, if that means trading up a few spots for only a second round pick, I feel like you got to do it. Josh, you have the Buccaneers actually landing Mackay Becton at number 14 overall in your seven-round mock draft, which I think is interesting. And your, your your blurb here was like, Tampa Bay runs the risk of missing out on the top offensive tackles by standing pat. And you're 100% right. Um, sort of a two-part question about the pick, though. Like, one is, like, getting Becton there is a big bonus for them, I think, in this scenario. And it happens because the, the 49ers take rugs at 13, and uh, and the Browns and uh, or the Jets and the Raiders both go with uh, wide receivers as well. Do you think that Becton is capable of stepping in and protecting Tom Brady right now, or is he still too maybe a little bit raw? Uh, and what do you think about that trade-up scenario for for Tampa Bay that Ryan mentioned? Yeah, I think Becton could step in right away and play left tackle pretty seamlessly. I mean, he has some room for growth. He's he's definitely got to work on his pass sets a little bit, but his physical profile is just tremendous. I mean, teams are going to have a hard time it's just un- getting around it's him. Un- it's unprecedented. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, Just because of his size alone, teams are going to have a hard time getting around him. So you allow him to continue growing. Uh, he's only going to get better with age. And, and that's certainly a, a, a steal at number 14 for Tampa Bay. But back to Ryan kind of projecting number set or the trade up to number seven. Tampa Bay is a team that I had kind of s- s- circled as a possible trade up candidate for my article tomorrow. I was talking about our, uh, this with our editor, R.J. White. Um, about why Tampa Bay might trade up because you're looking at possibly the Giants at number four kicking this run on tackles off. And then you've got the Cardinals, you've got the Jaguars, you've got the Browns, you've got the Jets. That's four picks in a row. So you could lose all four players before you get to pick number 12. So Tampa Bay, like I said, runs the risk of not having a left tackle for Tom Brady. And with with having already made such a large investment into Brady, I can't imagine that they would not be willing to move up a little bit 
to secure a potential left tackle. But at the same time, they've only got seven picks. So they're probably going to have to get up, give up some, some future compensation. Uh, but I can't see a scenario where Tampa Bay goes out of the first round without an offensive tackle. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Ryan, what, uh, I think somebody started mowing a lawn at Josh's place. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly right. I was going to say that. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but of oh, course the neighbor would start mowing his yard at the exact time. I would act like that's a surprise, but it's completely expected when you do this for so long. Well, I will say too that like, uh, you can't really get mad at somebody for mowing their lawn at 4.45 on a Sunday afternoon, uh, in, in, with the quarantine going on. Like, you're going to be like, Hey pal, I'm podcasting here. Uh, Ryan, what was the compensation? Did you say what the compensation was for Tampa Bay and, and Carolina in that swap? 14 and 45 to get to seven. And I can tell you exactly what the Panthers got out of it. Panthers get, go down to 14 to get Derek Brown, the defensive tackle. Oh, okay. Out of um, Auburn, and then at 45, they get cornerback Bryce Hall out of UVA, who I actually liked a lot. He got hurt. Uh, he missed uh, like the second half of the season, I think, with an ankle injury is what it was. But if he had come out a year ago, I think he would have been a first-round pick. He, he's, he's a really good physical cornerback, and um, right there you get the best defensive tackle in the class, and you get one of the, one of the best cornerbacks. Uh, that's not a bad haul for just going down seven spots. Yeah, because uh, when um, again, uh, not trying to spoil the mock draft special, twelve to three, noon to three Eastern on uh, CBS Sports HQ. But like Breach did the trade, uh, I think with Jonathan Jones, like they swapped it, and like they he just gave him a second round pick to move up seven spots. I was like, man, he got fleeced. But then I, I think you're right. Like unless the Panthers are just head over heels in love with Isaiah Simmons or one of these offensive tackles um, or you know a, co- a cornerback or something like that, um, I would do the Bryce Hall. Plus Derek Brown for whoever you would be trying to get uh, at, uh, up there at number seven. Josh, who else is on your primary trade list up uh, in terms of teams that might want to make a play? Yeah, so I was going through the first round. And I was trying to come up with some teams that just made sense from a you know here's what they need, here's where they need to be in order to get one of those prime players at that position. So I looked at the Chargers because they're obviously in the market for a quarterback, but they like Tampa Bay. Um, only have seven draft picks. So that comes into play here. you got to look at draft capital and a team's ability to be able to move around. So I looked at a lot of the teams that could do both. They need a position, but they also have a lot of draft capital. That brought me to the Patriots, who obviously may need a quarterback. They have 12 draft picks this year. Miami, who Ryan mentioned earlier, has 14 draft picks. Um, Jacksonville, 12 draft picks. Minnesota, 12. Green Bay, 10. Those are some teams that are in position to possibly trade up um, in the first round. They've all got these needs. Green Bay possibly needs a wide receiver or a tight end. Minnesota, wide receiver, cornerback. Jacksonville, defensive tackle, offensive tackle. And then the Patriots, the, the Dolphins need a quarterback. So those five teams kind of stick out to me as teams that could potentially trade up in the first round. Uh, Ryan, you yes, Ryan, go ahead. Follow up with, with Josh. He's, he mentioned the Patriots. So I actually have the Patriots traded up into round two to get the number, pick number 50. If you're the Patriots and you get to pick number 50, they didn't take a quarterback in round one. Who you, who might you be targeting if you're Bill Belichick at number 50? Then I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Josh, you have any guesses? Well, if it's not Jalen Hurts, I would say it's almost got to be Jacob Eason. It's Jalen Hurts. Good job, Brinson and Josh. Uh, so go, I have, go clip have, that. Clip, good job, Brinson, and put it in the permanent file. Uh, so I have him trade him to 50, and the Bears get number 87. 
number 98 and number 100. Those are all third-round picks. And the Bears, as you recall, have like one-and-a-half draft picks because they kept sending them, sending them away for uh, for various reasons. Anthony Miller, I think, and, of course, Khalil Mack. So they get a ton of picks. They get out of the second round. They have a second-rounder, but that might be okay. Um, and uh, the Patriots go up and get Jalen Hurts. I would love to see Jalen Hurts in New England. I really think there's something to this idea that, and it's sort of floated like in va- vaguely around in NFL circles for the last few years, but that Bill Belichick might want to try his hand at a mobile quarterback. And he's behind the curve in terms of the, you know, the, the, the money ball economic as- aspect of it. Uh, but, because, but that's just because Tom Brady managed to age gracefully. Like otherwise, you know what I mean? Like, like it does feel like he would want to try and test out something. And like maybe, maybe, you know, the Saints were worried that the Pats were going to come get Taysom Hill and that's why they used a first round 10 or something like, you know what I mean? It just feels like there's something legitimate to that. Well, how about this? Two words. Cam Newton. Sure. Athletic as you want to be. Yeah. I mean, there were, there was a little Twitter buzz and it was just Twitter rumor because I had people texting me about it on, uh, Saturday afternoon that Cam was, Cam and the Chargers might be happening, but I don't think anything actually uh, occurred with it. You have the Jaguars trading up as well for number 20. Ryan, you have the Jaguars trading up 20 to 17, making a swap with the Cowboys. What was the impetus for that? Yeah, so the Jaguars, did. they got Mekhi Becton at number nine. Uh, they didn't want to wait around until 20. They were a little nervous that the, the Patriots and or the Saints might try to leapfrog them. So they go up to 17, swap with the, the, um, the Cowboys, and it actually didn't cost them a whole bunch. It cost them um, 17th pick, and Dallas gets that 20th pick, and then and two, four, I think a fourth and fifth rounder. Um, but they get to 17, they take Jordan Love. Oh, that's at, a little spicy. At the quarterback situation. So, look, man, Gardner Minshew isn't the answer. We don't know. Nick Foles obviously isn't. So there is no plan B behind that. Go get that franchise quarterback. Let him sit for as long as you possibly can. And uh, then one last thing, you know, we just talked about Tua going number two. Well, the Jaguars moving up three spots doesn't seem insane if they really like Jordan Love. What's the lowest you think Jordan Love could go, Josh? I would say the Patriots pick there in, in uh, well, I would say the 20s is probably the latest. I could see New Orleans possibly moving up to, to try and secure him. Obviously, they don't have Teddy Bridgewater anymore. We don't know how much longer Drew Brees is going to play. New Orleans has been really aggressive in the first round of previous years. That's one scenario I could see play out. I actually love – Ryan's suggestion of the Jaguars, because as well as Gardner Minshew played last year, I don't know if he's got the the, the talent level that's going to be able to get them to where they want to be. So you kind of throw another dart at the board, possibly get a franchise quarterback with with Jordan Love after getting your top tackle prospect in Becton earlier in the draft. I think that's 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 a really great first phase scenario for Jacksonville, a team that has a lot of draft capital and, and, and certainly needs to use it in some capacity, might as well. Uh, benefit them in the long run. Hmm. Yeah, I think the uh, the Jordan Love thing is interesting. It feels like this guy might be the byproduct of a bizarre. I, like, are you in on Jordan Love, Ryan, as an actual prospect? Yeah, I like him a lot. He okay. played a terrible football team last year. So you would be okay using a first round pick on him? Oh, hundred percent. I don't know if he'll be there at twenty. Like, um, yeah, I like him better than Justin Herbert. Oh, okay. Is he any chance he could creep up above Tua on your list? No, nah, Tua's not healthy. Yeah, of course, but no, Tua's Tua's one B to Joe Burrow, and Tua's a hundred percent. Tua's awesome. We just sort of forget that because our lasting image of him is crumpled in the turf against Mississippi State because he was in that game at the end of the first half for no clear reason. Yeah, man, 
I was out, I was just coming from mowing my lawn, watching that. Like, what is he doing out there? And then, like, the announcers are even like, yeah, Tua demanded to go back out there. Boom. And he just gets crushed. So, uh, trade down candidates. Here, let me do, let me add one more real quick before we move on. I had one more trade up into the first round. The Browns at number 10 got oh. Javon Kinlaw because all the offensive linemen were gone. So at 32, the Chiefs don't really have a huge need. They could take, you know, I, I think you and Josh both like running backs there occasionally. Um, they could draft a defense, uh, uh, a cornerback, but the Browns trade up from 42 to, from, was it 42? From 41 to 32 to get back into the end of the first round and take an offensive lineman, Ezra Cleveland. It cost them the 41st pick and then, um, a compensatory pick, 97 in the third round. And that way they have the uh, offensive tackle for Baker and they have a defensive tackle for Miles Garrett. And, um, you get, you kill two birds in the first round and it doesn't seem like a terrible idea for the 97th pick. Uh, y'all talk to me. A little bit about Ezra Cleveland because uh, I think he will be surprising people with where he goes in our mock draft show. Um, seems like there's some positive buzz building for him. Like this always, I mean, this happens. Like as uh, you know, as teams figure out who these prospects are more and more and start to dig into them, uh, you see it infiltrating mock drafts, and that means that people, you know, these teams are talking about these players to people who are doing it. So, uh, is Ezra Cleveland a viable first rounder, Josh? Absolutely. I I mean, I really like this film. I was a little bit surprised he wasn't getting more attention in the first round. Um, Even before the combine, I was, you know, when I was at the combine, everybody was doing their interviews and there's just this pool of media around, you know, the big names, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, those kind of guys. There was nobody in front of Ezra Cleveland, Ezra Cleveland's podium. So I actually took a picture just to kind of say, this is going to change because you may not be familiar with him now, but you will be eventually because his tape was really good. And then he comes out and blows everybody away with his combine performance. And that was when he arrived. Everybody kind of started considering him as a first round pick at that point. Um, he's just a really clean prospect. I think that's a, that's a fantastic pick for a team that needs an offensive tackle at the end of, at, at the end of the first round. If Cleveland can't get one of their four offensive tackles in number 10, uh, which would be pretty disappointing. I think Ezra Cleveland is a really strong option for them in the back of the, in the back of the first round. Ryan, what's the gap here between uh, Ezra Cleveland and uh, Worfs, Thomas, Becton, and uh, uh, who's the other guy? Who am I forgetting? Worfs, Thomas, Wills, Becton. Wills, thank you. Uh, here's the thing: like he's extremely athletic, and you even saw that sort of before he went to the combine. Um, and Cleveland did a lot of one-on-one blocking like he was required to handle the edge rusher time and time and time again and he did it really really well there are issues about his, his strength he needs to get stronger but you say that about every offensive lineman uh and the other issue that that some some that will concern some people is that who did boise state play and that's sort of the same argument you have about curtis weaver their edge rusher who put up some insane numbers he's not nearly as athletic as cleveland but boise state doesn't really play anyone they play florida state i think in the in the week one game um and but, florida state team stunk too yeah, I mean, I think Cam Akers had a long touchdown run, but and Josh knows that Florida State offensive line was dog doo doo. So I mean, he basically did that by himself. So that's the thing. You're sort of projecting how is how is Cleveland going to be? Ezra Cleveland going to be in Cleveland, uh, having not played against some you know the the, the Power Five all the time? But I, I think at the bottom of the first round, it, it's it's almost a no brainer. So he he's not nearly as refined as some of the guys we've talked about. Um, he's not nearly as strong as Mackay Becton, but no one is. But um, he can come in right away and have success. That offensive line, especially the left tackle position, is a huge question mark in Cleveland after Joe Thomas left. And now they have Jack Conklin. So it steps in the right direction to protect Baker Mayfield and make Stefanski's job easier. 
All right. Uh, what about trade down? We mentioned the Redskins, of course. Uh, of course, the Lions make sense at three. Ryan had them trading with the Dolphins uh, in that spot. Maybe, maybe the Giants could trade down. It would be to, I mean, look, if the Giants are there and two is on the board, if two is, if, if the, if the Redskins and, and the Lions stamp hat and take their guys because, you know, the Dolphins aren't willing to pay to come up to get to, or they have concerns about the health or they maybe they just want to go with Justin Herbert and, Dave Gettleman sitting there at number four with Tua on the clock with Tua still on the board. This is a guy who's never in his, in, in, in all his years running, uh, you know, a franchise as a GM has never traded back out of his first, never traded up or back out of his first round pick. He just doesn't move. He stands back. He takes the same thing. I think it would be a real signal to everyone that the analytics group, the computer folk, if you, if you prefer, uh, have, have an actual, uh, influence on the Giants' front office if the Giants were to make a move back? No question. I mean, I I think it was brought up on Pick 6 earlier this week that it kind of seems like analytics has already started to play a role in their decision-making because taking or or signing a cornerback to such a large deal like they did with James Bradbury is not something that they would have done um, under Dave Gettleman in the past. So, you know, times are are changing. It's going to be this 2020 NFL draft where – Team personnel has like five, seven people in a room making picks over a teleconference. I mean, this is a wacky draft as it is, so it would only compound things to uh, to have Dave Gettleman draft or trade back. I think that's a possible scenario. Somebody in the top five is going to do it, whether it's the Lions, the Redskins, or the Giants. Somebody's going to do some moving so one of those two teams, the Dolphins or the Chargers, can move up and take two of Josh mentioned um, only having potentially five or seven people in the draft room. Maybe they'll change the card key and Dave Gettleman can't even get in. And maybe that'll solve the problem. I like to imagine Dave Gettleman walking around like the office or like the Giants office and he like goes up to some like, like new kid that they hired, like some analytics kid who's like, he's like, you look, I got, the, I got an email on this phone. It's incredible. It's like, you know, it's like, so like, you're like, yeah, you can, you can browse the internet and look at comics on here. It's unbelievable. Something of that nature. I don't know if that was a good Dave Gettleman or not. Probably yeah, not. it changes, but every time I can sort of see Dave Gettleman. I, I do change my Dave Gettleman impersonation every single time. Like there he was uh, some sort of low-level mafia informant type. Uh, all right, let's, uh, anybody else that uh, could be a trade-down candidate? We mentioned the Panthers. Anybody else uh, that you guys have in mind? Well, I mentioned the Chiefs as well um, at the bottom of the first round because they really have nothing. The Ravens like to trade down a lot. I mean, historically, but if there's like a linebacker, the Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, you would imagine they, they would go after that. Uh, Debo would probably not be happy if the Eagles traded down from 21 and missed out on a wide receiver. So, um, what? You can, I mean, I think it, if you're, if, if, uh, Judy, CD Lamb and Henry Ruggs are gone, you can trade down and get Justin Jefferson, pick up some extra picks. Yeah, no, that would make sense. But if one of those guys is there, I would imagine. Stay put would be preferred by most Eagles fans. Are we are we just out on T Higgins in the first round? Is that that's not a thing, right? Josh had him going, I think, in his la- in a seven round mock in, in the first round. I'm not crazy about. I would rather have. I think Josh had T Higgins going ahead of Denzel Mims. I like Denzel Mims a little more, but I don't know if Josh. I mean, Josh has a, a mock draft every week too, so I don't know if he's just doing it for variety's sake or if he feels that way. I, I still like T Higgins. I think his upside is is still pretty substantial when you compare it to a guy like Denzel Mims. But I would not be surprised if. Mims went first or Higgins went first. You can throw Brandon Ayuk in that group. I think Justin Jefferson is clearly going to be gone at that point. Um, those would be kind of the two 
probably Mims or Higgins if you need a big wide receiver. Those would be the two options there. But two teams that I think could trade back out of the first round there in the second half of the first round are the 49ers and the Seahawks. The Seahawks always trade back. Um, so that would not be any change for them to do it again this year. The 49ers, they do have number 13 and number 31 overall, but their next pick is not until like the fifth round. So I would not be surprised if they didn't trade out of that number 31 overall pick, pick up some additional uh, draft assets, and then possibly be able to make some other big moves throughout the course of the draft. I think if you set the over-under uh, for 49ers first-round trade downs at one and a half, I would hit the over. I think, I think they'll trade if, unless they just love CD Lamb or Henry Ruggs or if JJ, one of those wide receivers, uh, or if they're in love with uh, those receivers or one of those tackles, I could see them staying at 13. I think they will try and trade back with both of those picks, knowing they can still stay in the, the meat of the draft, uh, and to try and acquire additional capital. Uh, the, uh, 49ers are out west. What about the teams up north? The Lions, the Vikings. Ryan Steelers, what will they do coming up after the break? We'll look at the NFC North and AFC North team needs. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's start with Detroit, the Detroit Lions, and Matt Patricia, your favorite person, Ryan. Uh, what's, uh, what's the biggest need for the Lions right now? Well, they need a cornerback because they traded Darius Slay to the Eagles. Who do I have them taken? Oh, I have them trading down, taking Isaiah Simmons. So, um, they have need to, at, at linebacker and they, they, they can fill that obviously with Isaiah Simmons who can play just about everywhere. Um, you can get an edge rusher if you want. Trey Flowers is there, but they need to improve their edge rush. Um, who else have them taken? Let me see throughout the three rounders. Would you rather have, uh, Jeff Okuda or Isaiah Simmons plus an extra pick? Oh, Isaiah Simmons is an extra pick. I love Okuda too. By the way, so I had him taking Isaiah Simmons in, the, in this sort of trade down with the Dolphin scenario. They got Xavier McKinney at the top of round two, and then a few picks later they got Jonathan Taylor for running back. So they do have needs of running back too. Carryon Johnson, obviously he's the only show in town, but you might want to help uh, Matthew Stafford. And um, so those are those are three sort of needs that I targeted. But I think cornerback is probably number one. I had them circling back in the round three, getting Cameron Dancer, who I like, but he ran really slow at the combine. How do you see them approaching this draft, Josh? 
Well, I, we've talked about this previously. Matt Patricia, I mean, this is probably his last year, so he's it's, got to make it's put, it's put up or shut up. I mean, Martha Firestone Ford, which by the way, she so she was Firestone initially. Was that like Firestone Tire? Like she married the tire, like the tire heiress married a a a, a, a motor magnet. It's incredible. Is that right? I'm just making it up as we go. Like I haven't even bothered to look at Wikipedia. I assume Debo will handle that. Um, anyway, you continue on. Sorry. <laughs> no, I actually had that same thought earlier when you mentioned uh, Martha Firestone Ford. So I'm actually curious to know that myself. But when you look at Detroit, um, you know, they lost three defensive tackles, I believe, with Mike Daniels, Ashawn Robinson, Snacks Harrison. So interior defensive line is another position they may have to address as well. But they need to take whoever is at the top of their board. They need an, an immediate impact player because, again, this is probably Matt Patricia, Bob, Bob Quinn's final year if they're not able to get the job done in uh, 2020 so or 2021. Whenever, whenever we get to play some football, this is probably going to be their final year unless they show some results. So they've got to get somebody that's going to make a big impact on this team right away. Uh, by the way, uh, Martha Ford's father, Harvey S. Firestone was the founder of Firestone Tire and Rubber Company. So, a uh, and she, uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, Martha met William Clay Ford at a lunch in New York City that was arranged and attended by both of their mothers. Talk about some old school. That ain't ain't like your little. Uh, what, what are you on, Debo? The Hitch? Ain't like Hitch. You're just swiping through, flying through women. These, this is doing it classy. Bringing your moms to lunch to set up the, the magnet lunch. Uh, Hinge. What did I say? Hitch? Uh, your favorite Will Smith movie, Hitch. Oh, so bad. Uh, I've got a bit of, uh, Martha Firestone Ford trivia for you that I will give you. I think uh, I will give you, I will mail you my Philip Rivers doll if you can oh, get it. Oh, I was going to ask for the Philip Rivers doll. What's the question? <laughs> is that what you're going to ask for? Really? Because <laughs> I knew you wouldn't give it up. I'm assuming you haven't looked at Wikipedia or cheated here. If you know this, I will mail you my Philip Rivers doll. What was Martha Firestone? Martha at the time just Martha Firestone. Um, oh no, I guess, yeah, Martha Firestone. What was her nickname in college at Vassar? Uh, you, you got a guess, Josh? No, and I'm afraid half the answers would probably not be appropriate for what we're what we're going through here so i'll probably just sit this one out <laughs> you guys are just not going to guess that's actually oh, i'll guess I, i'm trying to i was trying to buy time by making josh go first he is right these are fireable offenses potentially and we're doing saying hey let's guess it let's guess what an 80 year old billionaire lady's nickname was in college i got it hot pants hot pants wow that's good her nickname was stony uh i was going to say like maddie ice like opposite of fire martha maddie our fire starter. I, I mean, that's, I, I guess that was like, I, I'm assuming it was something else. I don't know what it was for, but I just I was floored. Firestone. That's, a, that's why stone. Um, hard part there. She then was a Vassar student at the college nicknamed Stony. Oh yeah, I guess Firestone. Yeah, that works. Stony. Hey, Stony! How did you not do that math? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> why did they call her fire lady? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving along. To a team that's not owned by a tire and uh, car magnet, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, what do we think that the Minnesota Vikings, uh, how will they approach this draft? Because in my mind, they will probably do what they've done a lot, uh, and that is draft cornerbacks, because that's what Mike Zimmer likes to do, and it's what he's good at, right? 
Yeah. yeah, they almost have to. I mean, Sorry, they, they I let know. Mackenzie Alexander walk. They let Trey Waynes walk. Xavier Rhodes is gone. So, I mean, they've pretty much vanquished that entire cornerback room. They've got to make a, a move in the first round to get a cornerback, and they're probably going to take a couple more before the draft is over. Yeah, I sort of joked that the Buccaneers should only draft offensive linemen, but I, I sort of joking that the Vikings should only draft defensive backs. So, uh, continuing with the joke theme, at number 22, I had the Vikings taking a cornerback. I'll give you guys uh, one guess who I had them taking. Um, Martha Ford. Josh knows who it is. It's got to be Stefan's little brother, right? Trevon? Yeah. Yeah. I think Trevon Diggs. And I said this, I think I said this on HQ earlier on Sunday. Um, is that Adam, Stephon Diggs' little brother? Yeah. He's taller, but he, yeah, he's, you can't take him. So you take, no, but it gets better. You take him. He's a, I think he's a really good cornerback. He's sort of been underrated. And then you but, don't play him. No, you make him play wide receiver. <laughs> and you give him Stephon's number, done and done. That'd be, that'd be pretty funny. The fans aren't mad that they bought the Stephon Diggs jersey. They can't use it anymore. It's easy. Yeah, so I'm taking Tremont Diggs, and then I had him taking another cornerback. I wasn't even kidding. In, in round two, I had him taking Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. Because, I mean, look, if they did that at the top two or three, I don't think that anyone would be like, oh, that's crazy. They need cornerbacks. I just don't think they can take Stephon Diggs' little brother. I don't think he, that's No, they may not. That, I sort of did that tongue-in-cheek. They, they probably won't do that. That'd be hilarious. Is he a legitimate first-round pick? Uh, I think people have him, like, first or second. I think Josh may have had him going second round in his latest mock draft, and I've had him going second in some of these three-rounders. But I like him. I like him more than I think some people do. People point to the LSU game. I didn't think he played that poorly against LSU. He was playing against Jamar Chase and and Joe Burrow. Uh, it's okay if you get burned occasionally. The one touchdown he gave up, I think it was the first touchdown of the game, he just got beat on a back shoulder throw. I mean, there are very few people who are going to you know, win on back shoulder throws as a cornerback. But he's big. He's strong. There's some questions about his deep speed. I, I know I've talked to people that think he made a business decision last year because he didn't play very hard, but a lot of players do that in college because they don't want to get hurt. Uh, Josh, the Green Bay Packers, another team in the NFC North, um, it seems safe to reason that they might consider going for a weapon for Aaron Rodgers uh, in uh, late in the first round if they end up staying where they are. They lost uh, Brian Balaga, Blake Martinez, and notably Jimmy Graham, who signed a big crazy big deal with the bears even though he wasn't great i mean he's still a pass catcher and he had some big plays in the, in the playoffs so uh what could you see them doing in the first round here so in my most recent i gave them cole Komet, the tight end out of notre dame that may be a little bit too early for where he's projected but they're pretty desperate i mean they this is a team that pretty much went all in on austin hooper and free agency before he signed with the browns they clearly need a tight end i mean that's been a staple of their offense for quite some time and they really don't have a viable candidate on the roster unless you want to uh, look at Jay Sternberger, who you know has shown some flashes, but he needs to continue developing. Tight end would be an option. Maybe Denzel Mims, Brandon Ayuk. Um, you know, we talked about T. Higgins earlier. A guy that I love for them in the second round, Lynn Bowden Jr. from Kentucky. He's got a lot of similarities to Randall Cobb for me, a guy that can handle return abilities. Plus, really do a lot of special things when he's got the ball in his hand after the catch. So that's a guy I think is a perfect fit for what they want to try to do there late second round. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Lynn Bowden because I thought about giving him to the Packers as well for the reasons you mentioned, uh, the Randall Cobb connection. I had him going in the third round to the Saints because he's the younger, cheaper, better version of Tyson, uh, Tyson Taysom Hill. Um, and I don't, I don't think Josh mentioned, it, but he played quarterback what four or five games last year too, Josh, because the quarterback was hurt. Yeah, he played about half the season. Um, they did not throw many passes with him at quarterback, which probably hampered 
the likes of some of their other wide receivers that were on the roster. But he is just incredible when you get him in space. I mean, you've got him in the phone booth. He can make guys miss. He's got that kind of agility. It's it's pretty special. I don't know if um, how many people have actually watched him play, but he's he's a pretty special talent. Oh yeah, he uh, he played quarterback in the bowl game against uh, Virginia Tech and had a I want to say he had a really good day or maybe oh no, he ran the ball like crazy. He had 34 rushing attempts for 233 yards. I mean, the dude was all over the place, making people miss left and right. Yeah, that's that'd be, that's an interesting play. I like that idea. Get the ball in his hands, use him as a modern weapon. All right, let's move along to, unless you got something else you want to add to the Packers, let's move along through to the Bears, the Chicago Bears. I don't what are you, right pace, go do whatever you want to do. It's going to be bad. It's not going to work out. Uh, they don't have a pick until number 43, and um, you have them taking Jacob Eason, Ryan? Yeah, I do, back-to-back weeks. They need a quarterback. Did we talk about this already? I don't know if we talked about it last week. Um, they need a quarterback. And Jacob, I think I like Jacob Eason more than most people. He had a, the first half of the season, he was really good. Can, can, I, can I just say, by the way, that I don't think, I know that they need a quarterback. I don't think Ryan Pace thinks they need a quarterback. And well, there's he, a big difference between what we think, what the reality is, and what he thinks. I will say this. I think Ryan Pace knows they need a quarterback, but he can't say it out loud because he's tied his wagon to Mr. Biskey. And Mr. Biskey is running as fast as he can over the edge of that cliff. And Ryan Pace can go right. Th- I don't know what Ryan Pace thinks. He knows how this is going to end. It's going to end with him getting fired probably in, what is this, March? Probably in 10, 10 11 months. Um, because, you know, Nick Foles is going to come in. He's going to be terrible. And they just refused. And, you know, the whole thing is going to, going to, the conversation is going to start when he, the first paragraph of his story when he gets fired is he passed on to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Hey, but, hey, by the way, do you know what, uh, Virginia McCaskey's nickname in college was? Virginia Slim. <laughs> that's, that's actually a pretty good one. I, I'm joking. I have no idea. We're not yeah. getting Anyway, continue on. Sorry. Yeah, so I have them taking Jacob Eason at 43. They have a ton of other needs, but this is also the scenario we talked about before the break where I had the Patriots trade him to 50 so the Bears could get a bunch of draft picks in the third round. I had them take on, taking Michael uh, Ojemedia, the uh, cornerback out of Iowa, and then uh, Sadiq Charles, the the offensive tackle at LSU, and then Tyler Johnson, uh, the controversial wide receiver out of Minnesota. I like him. I like him a lot, Tyler Johnson, but – you talk to people like, eh, he doesn't do anything that sort of blows you away, but he puts up crazy numbers. Anyway, four picks, three picks are better than one for the Bears because they need a, need a bunch of stuff to, to fix that team. Sorry, Josh, dive on in on the uh, Bears if you want. So they've got 43, they've got 50. You could talk about a lot of the same players in that range. Trevon Diggs, uh, who we mentioned earlier, that could possibly solve a cornerback issue. Noah Igbenogany from Auburn, Jeff Gladney from TCU, Jalen Johnson from Utah. Um, they need some interior offensive linemen. Natane Moody from Fresno State, Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, and Robert Hunt, a guy who I really love. I talked to somebody at the Combine who um, is a big fan of Robert Hunt from Louisiana Lafayette because he played right tackle last year, but his upside as an interior offensive lineman is is pretty special. I mean, obviously you got to project that quite a bit, uh, but he could have a really bright future along the interior offensive line. So I think you'll see him end up going in the second round, uh, possibly to the Bears, who, as we noted previously, need an interior offensive lineman. I will say this, by the way, Josh had the Steelers taking Robert Hunt in the second round. I'm fully on board with that pick. Cool. I like it. I, I don't know how I'm down this bizarre rabbit hole of elderly 
female NFL owners on Wikipedia. Like, I'm like reading. I'm like, it's like doing, you guys are talking. I was doing a deep dive reading Virginia McCaskey's history. I find those ladies so fascinating. Uh, let's talk about the AFC North teams. Before we do, I should point out that the Pick 6 podcast show, if you listen to this podcast on a daily basis, why not get some more of it? Watch us on CBS Sports HQ, our 24-7 streaming sports network, every single weeknight, Monday through Friday. Uh, it turns out that not only did we do an okay job on the show, but uh, they liked us. Uh, the feedback I got was um, the two, the two, the two uh, quotes that we can put on our movie. Uh, our movie. When you do the when, when, poster, yeah, the movie poster. Uh, the two quotes I got were uh, somewhat entertaining and quote surprisingly professional. So uh, we should – I'm just kidding. I made those up. But uh, it's actually a really fun show. It's an hour long, 8 to 9 Eastern. We may have some more news on the changing times to make it easier for people to watch. Update you on that later this week. Uh, but go check that out, 8 to 9 Eastern. Tonight, tomorrow night, every night, you're stuck in your house. Come hang with us. So, so you did make up the movie quote, quotes? Movie yeah, poster quotes? Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought this was funny. I saw the text. I was like, eh, I can't imagine anyone was actually saying this. I thought you may have been lying to me. Surprise. Yeah, what did I say? So, uh surprisingly professional. Yeah, something like that. Hey, man, we have fun with the show. Uh, the Bengals. They're obviously going to take Joe Burrow, barring is – there, is there any chance they do? They, they go rogue and take somebody else, like Tua? Zero. Like, there is, there's a better chance that you run a four three five forty tomorrow. Nah, nah. There's a better chance of Joe Burrow. Even, even Josh is shaking his head yes. It's not happening. There is a z- Mike Brown is such a by the book owner that he just cannot, for the life of him, pass up on Joe Burrow. I think that's like at least an easy double uh, and possibly a home run because he's you know he's a pretty gifted player coming off one of the best seasons of college football that we've ever seen. Oh, and he happens to reside in the state of Ohio, so I mean this is about as easy it gets for a franchise. I can't even imagine that they screw this up. I would be shocked if it is not Joe Burrow at number one overall. And you uh, talk about the Spike store. Mike Brown built the Spike store next to your Spike store, next to Latte Larry's, next to Mocha Joe's. I mean, he he will draft you sheerly out of spite and then pay you to sit there and not do anything. He doesn't yeah, care. If you tell Mike Brown you don't want to be a Bengal, you're going to be a Bengal. <laughs> like that's, that's how that dude operates. He has a Spike dumpster out back. Um, <laughs> Rummage just threw it to find scraps. What other needs do you think the Bengals have, and uh, who could they target? They got thirty-three and sixty-five. Josh, who do you have them? Who'd you have them taken uh, in the in the secondary rounds? There, I don't remember who I had them taking specifically. Oh, they I'm, did. Yeah, go ahead. You look that up. I'll I'll, I'll go by who Cesar, they Cesar Cesar Ruiz, uh, uh, offensive yeah. lineman out of Michigan, and uh, it's very helpful because they're at the uh, the top of the the first round or the further round. So you can just click on the handy little button there, and Jabari Zuniga. Uh, edge out of uh, Florida. Yeah, I think both of those would fill a need. They've got a pretty good defensive line. It's going to be costly this upcoming year with so many veterans, you know, plus the addition of DJ Reader, who I think is very underrated across the NFL. He's he's a tremendous defensive tackle. But you lose Cordy Glenn, you get Jonah Williams in at left tackle. They've got to address the rest of the offensive line, interior, and the the right tackle position. Um, possibly get another wide receiver, quarterback as we already noted, is, is going to be a pretty big emphasis for them. Obviously going to be filled by Joe Burrow in all likelihood, but those would be the positions of need that I think Cincinnati probably needs to address. But this is a team that's kind of like a – they're very close to probably 
being in transition because they do have so many veterans on the roster. So you almost have to start considering some of these aging assets on your roster and look for ways to replace them. So that pretty much gives them any option across the board. I think they just need to take the best player available. Yeah, I had him taking Joe Burrow, obviously number one. And then uh, Zach Bond at the top of round two. He's an edge rusher who could kick inside if you need him to. And then Malik Harrison, who plays inside for Ohio State. And um, he's a thumper. So uh, they, they filled uh, the defensive needs that Josh talked about. And, uh, you know, keep on keeping on. They If they want to get a wide receiver, I think probably day three is a good place to start given the, the other needs they have and that A.J. Green's coming back. But if someone falls there, I mean, if they took Chase Claypool at the top of round three, I don't think I'd hate that. They have a really good chance. I, I really think that – I said this on CBS Sports HQ last week, but um, – and if the clip kind of blew up on Twitter. But, like, I think the Bengals – I don't – I think you can squint at the Bengals. If they, come, if they have to have a good draft. Like, they need to really hit on these – three picks at the top of each of the first three rounds. Like it's really important because you're getting three top 65 players, you know, and this is a draft to me that has a lot of good depth. Like it's not an exceptionally top heavy. Like I don't, I don't know how many like truly elite blue chip guys there are at the top of the draft. And maybe you guys, di- you, know, uh, you know, think differently, but like, I do think this is a good draft in terms of like from 25 to 65. And so like, I think the Bengals need to come away with three good players. And if you squint, I could see them being the second best team in the division if like Ben Ben Roethlisberger you know, has trouble with his you know, returning with his arm and the Browns Browns it up. Yeah, I, I mean, see them. Yeah, I mean, I could see them being the second team in the division simply because they are bringing back so many veterans from last year's team. Whether it's AJ Green, Geno Atkins, uh, we're talking about the addition of Jonah Williams already. So they've got a lot of pieces in place. I don't think it's necessarily the best model to have long term success, but in the immediate present um i think you're absolutely right i think they're they're a potential sleeper there in the afc north um i don't think they're really a contender even with all those pieces returning but within the afc north i think they've certainly got a, a fighting chance uh you talked about the Bra- oh sorry wilson do you want to talk about the Bengals? well i mean a 20 percent chance they win eight games over or under i mean probably under right okay so you're saying over under eight or over under 20 20 percent um, 10% chance they win eight games. But like, what if Joe Burrow is just freaking great? What if he's just Joe, what if he's just swaggy Joe from LSU and he shows up in Cincinnati and he lights the world on fire? But how, <laughs> how often does that happen? I mean, Kyler Murray had a great year. What'd they win? Six, seven games? What'd they win? They didn't win seven games. They won seven games. Oh, they did? They won five games? Let's see. <laughs> I don't think they won seven. My point well, is that. I- have you guys noticed that, like, the longer we've been in this quarantine situation, like, the more easily you're forgetting things? Oh, I'm just getting old. I can't remember anything. Like, but it's like, but like, my usual, my usual, uh, brain synapses and processing is not, it's not operating at the, they went 5, 10, and 1. Like, I can't oh. remember, like, what the Cardinals record was. I, I know, what, I know why you're struggling. You are inherently a social person. I am not. Like, this is, like, this is a typical Sunday for me. Only thing changes is my kids are home all the time. You gotta go out, you gotta go, have, what are you talking about? You got to go have drinks with your buddies at the the, the watering hole. You got to be out prancing around the grocery store. People see you. The fact that you're stuck at home, you cannot stay. You're going crazy prancing <laughs> around the grocery stores and people can see me. <laughs> peacock. I meant to say peacock. Peacocking around the grocery stores and people see me. You think I wear like? What do you think I'm the type of person that like wears CBS sports gear and peacock no. around the grocery store necessarily? Desperately hoping that somebody would be like, "Hey, are you Will Brinson?" No, no, no. You wear a scarf, no doubt, with a T-shirt, and then you're walking around the, the grocery store 
with your little uh, your driving moccasins on. I, I know, I've seen this too too many times. A scarf with a T-shirt? What what sort of vision are you questioning? I'm making that part up. But you do you don't like being at home? You can't stand it. I'm totally fine with it. Josh seems like he can handle it. Okay. You you need social interaction, whereas I don't necessarily need that. I love being at home. Yeah, it's not with my. You, you've been. I've known you for twelve years. This is as punchy as you've ever been these last two two weeks. I mean, it's pretty tense times, dude. Let me, let me put it to you this way: How's the AK on the the Brinson meter? Like, does she think Brinson's a lot of fun to be around now, or is, is this like? Yeah, that's what, my point. What's the what's the meter? What's like a one? Like They're ten gonna... is your wedding, your wedding, and and zero is uh, I'm ten seconds away from stabbing this man to death. <laughs> Three and a half, probably. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. I just wish people could have seen the little, uh, sh- the little shoulder shimmy dance that Ryan did there to, to describe well when he's peacocking. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, I, I think that AK and I have um, an understanding. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I think that we have a different perspective on uh, what. Say the, uh, like the, uh, on, on how to handle this quarantine situation. So she's like, I'm going to go to the store and get some eye cream. It's like, no, no, like get, get, no, like you need to get a list of things. If you want to go to the store, go to the store, but get a big list of things. Like you don't need to go to the store to get ice cream just to get out of the house. We're, we're on lockdown here. Oh, like, now you actually misspoke. I meant to say ice cream. She literally meant eye cream. <laughs> I cream for her eyes, not ice cream. Cream. She's like, my cream's not working. I need a different eye cream. I was like, maybe just don't worry about the eye cream, you know? Because I could make an argument for going to the store for ice cream, no matter the situation. Eye cream? Eh. She's like, she was like, I want to go to the beach and see my mom. Her mom is now insistent that we come down with Robbie. And she was like, can you go? I was like, well, one, we've been ordered not to leave our homes by the government. Uh, two, I have to work all the time. She's like, mm. I'm like I don't know, what do you want me to do? Got to work. Debo won't let me off this podcast. Um, all right, let's move on. The Browns, we mentioned that they could, uh, I don't need to air my personal laundry on here. Too late. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the Browns could trade up into the first round. Um, could they, Ryan, trade up from 10 if they're worried? Cause you haven't taken Javon Kinlaw. Could they be worried about missing out on one of those offensive linemen to make a play up, you think? Yeah, they love, I mean, I mentioned Ezra Cleveland at the bottom of the first round. He's not in the top four conversation. He's probably not top five if you like Josh Jones. And I like Josh Jones. So yeah, they can certainly trade up and it depends on how serious, um, they are about addressing that left tackle position. We mentioned Jack Conklin. I just saw Chris Hubbard, the right tackle they signed from Pittsburgh, just took, uh, restructured his deal. Um, he could even play guard if you need him to. They need help there too. So if they want, if they feel like the final piece is, uh, Makai Becton or Tristan Wirfs moving over to the left side or Andrew Thomas, they could certainly go up there and do that. And I, I don't think, trying to think how far would they have to go up? Maybe two or three spots, maybe to the Panthers at seven and they should be in good shape. Josh, your thoughts on Cleveland and their setup right now? Yeah, I think if they were to miss out on the top four tackle options, I think even a trade down is possible there. Um, just to possibly move down, get some extra draft capital, and still take a Josh Jones, an Austin Jackson, or an Ezra Cleveland, one of that second tier of offensive tackles. But I like what they've done this offseason. I think they've, they've added a lot of veterans on one-year deals um, to kind of put a Band-Aid on some of those uh, – little cuts that they've had over the past couple of years, I think that gives them a lot of flexibility in the draft. So I would still look for them to take an offensive tackle at number 10 if one is there. Uh, but if one is not there, I could see them trading down as well. They've got some other needs, whether it be at the linebacker position or, or safety. Those would be the, the two primary positions that I would look for them to target. 
Four defensive tackles, so three. Fun fact, D Haslam, part owner of the <laughs> – What's her fun fact? She and uh, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy fired up to Max Haslam. They were classmates at the web school in Knoxville in high school, but didn't actually start dating until after uh, college at Tennessee. How about that? That is I don't know if I fun. Interesting. Uh, it's, the first, it's the only really thing I could dig out of. Uh, All right. Um, and it just happened to be talking about the Browns. This, uh, I thought it was interesting. They listed uh, on Wikipedia, it's like a lot of uh, female team owners are listed. So I, I don't know that I, I say like minority owners, perhaps Ford is one of 10 female, 10 female NFL team owners. The others are Virginia McCaskey, Kim Pagula. Sure. Uh, Carol Davis of the LA Ra- Las Vegas Raiders. Right? Huh? D Haslam, Amy Adams Strunk. Yes. Uh, Gail Benson, of course, Janice McNair, uh, Denise DeBartolo York. Oh yeah. And, uh, Jody Allen. I didn't realize we had 10 female owners. I didn't either. Yep. Oh. Moving along to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure, I'm not even looking at the rundown at this point. Moving along to the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> they have number 28 overall. A very good roster. Um, they have as well 55 and 60. That's two nice little picks there. Um, they lost Hayden Hurst in that trade to Atlanta. Uh, Michael Pierce, Marshall Yonda to retirement. But they did add Calais Campbell uh, in that trade with Jacksonville. The Michael Brockers. Uh, deal fell apart because of a physical and Brockers ended up going back to the Rams. What direction could you see them going here, Josh? I think linebacker, edge, those are still a couple areas of need. Um, Marshall Yonda, of course, retiring. They'll probably have to address that at some point as well. But uh, even running back, I've talked about running back, which, you know, again, is kind of a luxury, but this is a team that is set up pretty well. I would have liked it a lot better if they had Michael Brockers, but they did at least get Derek Wolf um, from Denver and free agency. So they're set up pretty well to just kind of take the best player available across a couple of positions. So you're talking about possibly Zach Bond there at the end of the first round, possibly Patrick Queen from LSU if he's if he slides. Um, that could be an option for them as well. I think you're looking for them to address that middle unit there on defense is, is uh, their first pick at least in, in the first round. So let me run this. Actually, I like the their three-round mock draft a lot. I just sort of looked at it for the first time. So let me run this by you, Josh. Tell me what you think about this. They take Kenneth Murray in the first round, the linebacker out of Oklahoma, Josh Uche, the edge rusher out of Michigan, and Michael Pittman Jr., the wide receiver out of USC in rounds two. Round three, another guy. We talked about Lynn Bowden earlier from Kentucky. I like Antonio Gibson a lot in sort of that same sort of versatility role. The, the kid out of Memphis who played both wide receiver and running back will probably be a running back. Uh, in the NFL, he ran like a 4-3-something in the combine. So, and he's built like a Mack truck. And then finally, Adam Troutman with the very last pick uh, uh, of the third round, the compensatory pick, the, the tight end of Dayton, who had a really good season uh, for FCS, the FCS Flyers. Yeah, I think that would be a, a really good haul for them. I love Josh Uche. He doesn't get enough conversation, I think, is um, a potential – I don't think he's going to slip into the first round, but I think he – could easily be justified as an early day two pick um, because he has so much potential off the edge. I don't think that Michigan really cut him loose this past year. But you talk about adding him and Kenneth Murray, who Kenneth Murray is one of my favorite prospects because he's such an active linebacker. He's the perfect type of player that you want playing the off-ball position in today's NFL because he's capable of covering every single blade of grass. So you're talking about adding those two guys to your defense – 
that already has Calais Campbell and, and some of these other key defensive pieces. Obviously, their secondary is in really good shape. I mean, you're setting up something really special in Baltimore to go with a, with an offense that's already ranking as one of the best in the league. So I think that'd be just a it, – it's hard to put a grade on it, um, but that would be as close to ideal as you could probably get if you're a Ravens fan. All right, dig it. Uh, last one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ryan Steelers, they do not have a first-round pick. But you know what, Ryan? Nobody minds because they got Minka Fitzpatrick. And as we talked about, I think, on our CBS Sports HQ show, maybe on Friday, they all blend together at this point. Uh, Maya Culpa, we blasted the Steelers for that trade during, during real time. You uh, sort of blindly you know, stood up for it. Uh, but you ended up, you know what? They say, uh, what my dad like to say, uh, uh, a blind, blind hog finds an acorn every now and then, too. And uh, you ended up being correct. Did he, does he really say that? Yeah, you never heard that say? Not a blind hog. Blind pig? What? A blind squirrel finds a nut. Blind hog? What are you talking about? I thought you were joking. I don't think it's blind hog. Why would a blind hog eat an acorn? (laughs) I don't know. Look at Josh. Josh is like, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Blind hog saying. No, it's a blind squirrel. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. I actually was saying that over you as you were saying that I blind. No, it's blind blind hog finds finds an acorn. Have you ever heard of that, Josh? I've never heard that. And, you know, I think back to the conversation that we had earlier on the podcast where you were saying that you're starting to forget things the longer that we're cooped up. I feel like this is possibly one of those scenarios. Did you just Google, like, uh, willbrithen.com for that quote to come up? Because I can't imagine. It's not I'm currently Googling, do pigs eat acorns? <laughs> There's nothing else I would imagine I do. All right, well, I'm sure someone will let you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pigs eat acorns, pal. But is it a saying? That's my. That's yes, my blind point. pig finds an acorn. Is this a saying? You've heard of that, Debo? No, but the internet is now telling me it is real. I, I was on your side until. Look at that. All right. Ago. Here's an example of Brinson blindly falling into something that actually. I buy a blind hog. No, 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 that's not true at all. I, I said the saying correctly. You called me a crazy person. I never heard that. Turns out, turns out you're the acorn, pal. <laughs> we grew up 70 miles from each other. I never heard that. So back to the Steelers. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire again in the second round. I'm going to keep doing this. And I'm going to will it into existence. I think uh, Josh had Clyde Edwards-Helaire going a little higher. Uh, and I know Josh loves him. I love him so much, too. And I, if he falls to the Steelers at 49, they don't draft him. I'm be extremely angry. And then their other their other only pick, 102, the comp pick in the third round, I'm taking uh, Jabari Zuniga, who we talked about. Um, we'll see where he goes. He can go higher than this. It, the injuries are, are somewhat concerning for people. But um, they need edge help. Bud Dupree's on that on that um, on that one year franchise deal, so uh, make that defense even better. Well, they'll solve their edge problems next year when they add the third Watt brother, though. That's that's the plan, right? Oh, there you go. Maybe they should have Watt play edge. Problem solved. That's exactly right. So you know, I look at the Steelers. Obviously, they added Eric Ebron, but they still need to add a, a tight end, in my opinion. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the running back position. I was slow to kind of rank him as highly as I did because of his size. But if you just watch him play, I mean, he is fantastic at at what he does. So I think that would be a great fit for what Pittsburgh wants to do and give him a little bit more explosion. They kind of lost that this past year with um, some of their injuries, and they had to put Benny Snell back there, who is a little less explosive than what you would expect from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But interior defensive line, you let Javon Hargrave leave, who, like DJ Reader, I think is, is pretty underrated in terms of uh, interior defensive linemen in the NFL. But edge rusher, 
interior offensive line, interior defensive line. What about quarterback? Do they need to – I mean, do you – what? when do you consider a quarterback? Do you target the position in free agency, possibly Cam Newton? Or is there a sweet spot in this draft where you say, you know what, maybe this is the time for Pittsburgh to take a quarterback? I, I, it'll, they're not going to take Jacob Eason at 50. Should he be there? I would consider it. But I, look, man, I want him to take Marcus Mariota for the longest time. I love Marcus Mariota more than most people, and I think he played – injured for most of his career and if the pressure's off and he can sit I, I think he can be fine um Jameis people talked about that in Pittsburgh and I'm fine with him going to Pittsburgh but just the intercept look if you got mad at Mason Rudolph for throwing dumb interceptions what, what chance does Jameis Winston have but I don't think they're going to draft anyone um at 50 they seem one sold on Big Ben being healthy we'll see and two as Mason and Paxton Lynch, who we've sort of forgotten about because we've talked about Duck Hodges, but they did sign Paxton Lynch during the during the season last year um, as the possible number two and number three guys. Yeah, that seems sort of dangerous, but um, it all starts with Big Ben being healthy. I mean, the, the, the tough part with the Steelers, though, is like you're in this weird window where you do want to try and plan for the future, but you've invested heavily in Mason Rudolph uh, in a previous draft. It doesn't, you know, yeah, doesn't third round pick. He, he sucked last year, so I think that gives you some indication of how things are going to go. Well, I mean that's fine. I mean, it's a sunk cost, but like, are you going to are you going to are you going to bail on Mason Rudolph? Like, I guess his uh, rookie contract would be up after this year. They'll, this is year three. He's going right, so to. Have, I mean, like, are you? I mean, don't you feel like if you're the Steelers that you have a little wiggle room to try and find a quarterback maybe in like year not next year or the year after? Like Ben's going to play out his contract. Yeah, uh, all things. Go according to the plan, they will. But my point is that how many? I mean, this was the year to get a free agent quarterback and get it pretty cheaply. I mean, look at Marcus Mariota's deal. Uh, I don't know if the Steelers called anyone. I don't think they did because they they seemed to make it clear they were all in on the guys they had. But dude, sign Marcus Mariota. What is Marcus Mar- Mariota sign? Two year deal. Sign yeah. two year deal. See what happens. Right. Fair enough. Let's uh, get out of here. It's a good podcast. Very entertaining. Anything else we need to add? Pretty. Check out the Mock Draft Mocktacular, 12 noon to 3 Eastern on Monday. You can watch it on CBS Sports HQ, our free 24-7 streaming sports network. You can probably uh, get uh, live clips of it if you haven't, if you didn't see it. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, J. Edwards CBS. Is that right, Josh? Just Edwards CBS now. Oh, CBS Fancy. Ryan yeah. is uh, yeah. 06rwilson1234 underscore CBS on Twitter. Easy to find. Very catchy. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. He's Ryan Wilson CBS. They have a bunch of great mock Drafts coming up, and we have a Brady Quinn football show, the return of Brady Quinn. Hey, I texted Brady and said, will you I, will you watch me play Madden and uh, be my offensive coordinator? What do you think Brady's response was? Uh, no. He, I think that was a generous way of saying that. <laughs> he was in I, – I didn't even tell D with this. He was in – but then started to sort of backtrack and like build out excuses to like get 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 away from it. Like he was like, "Well, I have the radio show here and here. I've got to do HQ here. I got to be in the office to do it. I got to leave kids at home." It was like, "I see what you're doing, bro. Like, I'll I'll, I'll stick Devo on you. You're my OC now, Brady. You're screwed." Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging, guys. Thanks for spending your Sunday here. Stay safe. Be kind to your neighbors. Uh, for Josh and Ryan, I'm Will. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you tomorrow. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.